0: Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and send that screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll make sure and get a free Heartland College Sports koozie out in the mail to you. We're just going to jump right into the show today, and this is something that happened a couple of months back, or a few weeks back at the least when Oklahoma and Texas faced off against each other in softball. If you'll remember, there was a little extra sharpness to that uh, rivalry that week, and that was because Texas head coach Mike White seemed to imply that Oklahoma had been cheating its way to success. Um, He said, quote, They find a way to keep reloading, and I'm not quite sure all of it is. You know what? Whatever. I won't say any more. So he seems to imply that Patty Gasso has been, well, cheating her way to winning. And as we all know, Oklahoma has been a force in softball since she showed up on campus in 1995. Uh, They won their first national title under her in 2000. They've won six total uh, and, and they've won four of the last six. So, this is a program that has sustained success for a long time, and this isn't something new. And when the transfer portal became a thing, Oklahoma became a heavy hitter in the transfer portal. They went out and got uh, girls like Sydney Sanders, and they went out and got girls like Haley Lee and Alex Starocco, and you know, just these big Alina Torres. Just big-time college softball players that have made a difference and have become big parts of what Oklahoma does from year to year. And they are increasingly more important as we get into the postseason, which we'll preview a bit here in a second. But all of these players came to Oklahoma, and it wasn't because they got more NIL money for being a Sooner. It wasn't because Oklahoma is pumping them full of steroids and that's why they're stronger than everybody else. It's not because they're none of this that you're hearing or have heard about Oklahoma softball is true unless it's just the biggest cover up I've ever seen or heard in my life. Oklahoma's pro softball program has been, as clean as a whistle since Patty Gasso got there. She does things the right way. She upholds things with integrity. And if that was to change, I will gladly put my foot in my mouth because as long as I have followed the sport of softball, I have known Patty Gasso to be somebody who is a great advocate for the sport and somebody who would never do something to hurt the image of the sport, the image of Oklahoma softball. And so yesterday, being Wednesday, the 17th, she was a guest on the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast with Gabe Eichard and Teddy Lehman. And while on that podcast, she kind of expanded on her thoughts on what uh, the accusations that have been placed against her team earlier in the season, and and perhaps maybe even in general. Co-host Teddy Lehman asked Gasso what she thought, uh, or, or if she would expand on a comment that she made about not having many friends and coaching circles, whether it's because of intimidation or something else entirely. And I'm just going to read her quote off to you. I don't know if it's because I'm a female and I get judged, but when I'm on the field, I'm a competitor. So I'm just into it. Maybe... I have a look that you might not think I'm a nice person or something. When I go out and recruit, I sit alone because everyone's afraid to come up to me and have a conversation. Or because we win so much, people think that we cheat. They create stories, and they're so unbelievable, ridiculous accusations about our program and how we get players out of the portal. Our players are taking illegal substances, and that's why we're so strong. It's gone out there, and it's come back to me, and it is such a joke. It is an embarrassment for our sport. To me, I want to see greatness. I love to see excellence in any sport, and people believe we can't reach excellence without cheating. I'm waiting for someone to take the receipts forward, and nobody has any. I really don't care because I know what it means. If you can't beat us and you can't be us, I guess you don't like us. I think... I think that that needed to be said, absolutely needed to be said, because here's why Mike White is upset or he's jealous or whatever words you want to put in there to explain how he's feeling towards Patty Gasso in Oklahoma, he can't beat them. And so that's the problem that is coming up with, with, uh, with Mike White, whenever he talks Oklahoma softball, Um, be that as it may that, you know, as rough as that sounds, it's just the truth because he can't beat them he just assumes that they're cheating so and i hate that thought process because that's just not something that uh that's not something that can fly especially coming from the mouth of a division 1 coach now this is the same guy that flipped uh the birds to the umpires last year at the Big 12 championship um he seems to always be shrouded in some kind of controversy so i can't really be too surprised that this kind of thing came out of his mouth, but I was very happy to hear Patty Gasso come out and speak her mind on this and to speak it with confidence and to have a way of saying it that was not disrespectful, but just she said it how it was. And I think that that's refreshing uh, for a day in time like we live in today. So for her to come out and say something about it was great. And I think for the record, uh, when you win national championships and you win at the rate that Oklahoma is winning, it's not hard to bring in talent. It's just not. Look what look what Alabama does in, in, in football. I'm going to drink here real quick. Nick Saban doesn't have any problems bringing in talent to win football games. So why would that be any different than what, Patty Gasso is doing, and I don't think that Nick Saban is. I don't think he's going to risk his integrity as a football coach by bringing guys in to pump them up in steroids or to <laughs> do something illegal. I mean, NIL has changed the game so much that you would have to really go far out of your way to do something illegal at this point. I mean, you are, you now have the right and (laughs) the ability to pay players to come and play for you. And it's not illegal. So we would, you would really have to go out of your way to do something illegal whenever it comes to the use of NIL. So the, the accusations are just ridiculous. And, and I mean, I get it from an outside perspective, Oklahoma's gone one hundred and sixty-six and eight over the last three seasons. They've won each of the last two national titles, and they're looking for a third straight. So, if Mike White wants to be upset about that, he can be. Don't call her a cheater because you can't beat them. That's just that's just wrong. So, I'm off my soapbox there. Let's let's preview a little bit of uh, a little bit of Big Twelve softball, just because that's where uh, that's what we cover on Heartland College Sports, and that's where we're all. Uh, turning our attention to with it being the first weekend of the tournament, Oklahoma is currently the favorite to win the national championship. As we just said, they host Hofstra, Cal and Missouri this week in the Norman regional. I think that Oklahoma is the immense favorite to come out of that one. Uh, Not too, not too much thought put into it really to go, to go beyond that much. Um, Oklahoma State is the sixth seed in this tournament. They are, they have Rachel Becker, who transferred in from uh, Purdue and has been excellent for them at the plate. Uh, also, Lexi Kilfoyle, another standout transfer for them from Alabama, has been good this year. And then incoming freshman, or true freshman, uh, Kyra Acock has been fantastic in the circle as well. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to... Have its hands full, though, because they have Wichita State in their region who has beaten them twice this year. So uh, they host the Shockers as well as UMBC and Nebraska in Stillwater this week. The Austin Regional is going to be a fun one as well. Uh, Plenty of freshman talent for the Longhorns. Uh, Viviana Martinez and Leanne Good are are two of the, the names that come to mind. And I think that when you look at uh, Texas's region with Seton Hall, Texas A&M, and Texas State. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty stacked house there, but I do think that Texas is the best team there uh, to come out. I feel confident about their chances coming out of the Austin region. Salt Lake City is where Baylor ends up. Um, I wasn't too happy with Baylor ending up in this position, especially whenever the committee said that they used top 10 wins to pick teams uh, for, for their seeding. I just think that that's a, that's a cop-out because if you look at what Baylor did, at the end of the day, Baylor had six wins over top five teams. They have three wins over top four seeds in this tournament with a win over Oklahoma and two wins over Tennessee. So if that was truly the case, I think Baylor would have ended up with a, a seed of some sort But maybe it plays in their favor. Uh, They may have landed the 16-seed otherwise. Now they're in the 15-seed region, and uh, that is Utah. I think that they can take down Utah. Uh, They've got to share the region with Southern Illinois and Ole Miss as well. So when I look at this region, I I really think that Baylor is the favorite to come out of it despite what Utah uh, did in the Pac-12 championship. I just think Baylor's the better overall team, so we'll just have to see how that one plays out. But uh, that is that's going to do it for the softball portion of the podcast. We're going to flip over to some football. Um, We have the top 100 players for 2023 released in uh, for college football by On Three. And does anybody want to take a guess who was number one? Uh, It's Caleb Williams. I I mean, that's kind of the easy answer. He won the Heisman Trophy uh, last season. So not much, not much, uh, surprise there, uh, at least from my end of things. Um, there's a couple of guys on this list that shouldn't, that shouldn't really surprise you. Transfers, um, Jared Verse, obviously a transfer, uh, into Florida state last year out of Albany. Uh, he he was obviously one of the one of the biggest reasons for their turnaround last year. He's the number five overall player in college football. Bo Nix checks in at number thirteen on this list. Um, at, at Oregon, we jumped one here. Michael Penix Jr., uh, former quarterback at Indiana, is now at Washington and is is listed as number eleven on the list. Uh, there's there's plenty of transfers here uh, to look at and. and but let's just run down the top 10 real quick. You got Caleb Williams at USC. I have no quarrels there. Drake May at North Carolina, who is listed probably as the 1B in, in uh, circles for who's going to go in the uh, early in the 2023 uh, or 2024 NFL draft. Uh, so I don't have an argument with that. Marvin Harrison Jr., who's been at Ohio State his entire Careers, number three. Brock Bowers, a tight end at Georgia, is number four. We spoke about Jared Verse at number five. Harold Perkins, linebacker at LSU, comes in at number six. Forgive me for this. Olu Fashianu, the offensive tackle at Penn State, he's the offensive tackle at Penn State, Um, is your number seven player in the country. Joe Alt, offensive tackle at Notre Dame, is number eight player. Kool-Aid McKinstry, number nine, awesome name. <laughs> Kool-Aid McKinstry, number nine, cornerback at Alabama. And Kalen King, the cornerback out of Penn State, number 10. Uh, for you Big 12 fans, the, the first Big 12 player on this list is number 21 at Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver out of Texas. So you have to go all the way to 21 for that to happen, or to find a Big 12 player. Uh, Next up in the Big 12, all the way at number 32, you have the offensive guard out of Kansas State, Cooper Beebe, who is the best returning offensive lineman in the conference. I think Kansas State's offensive line is going to be uh, the the best in in the Big 12 and potentially one of the best in the country this upcoming season. So obviously he's the guy to, to point out there uh Kingsley S- S- man these last names Kingsley Mataya at BYU is the offensive tackle at BYU comes in at number 43 for the next Big 12 player on the top 100 list Kelvin Banks Jr the standout freshman from a year ago uh an offensive tackle at Texas comes in at number 51 on the list <clears throat> TCU's Josh Newton, a cornerback uh for the Horn Frogs comes in at number 66 on the list. Quinn Ewers is number 75 on the list, obviously the Texas quarterback uh heading into the season. And that's going to do it for for the Big 12. So, not a whole lot of of guys on the Big tw- on the list from the Big 12. Oh, I- apologize here transfer another transfer guy number 86 on the list AD Mitchell the wide receiver out of Texas played at Georgia last season uh didn't see his name there uh he comes in but a lot of Texas players not not much out of outside of Texas we had uh one TCU player one Florida State or one Kansas State I apologize and one BYU player but nothing outside of those guys lots of Texas guys uh, but still overall for 100 players there weren't even 10 uh, players from the big 12 mentioned. So um, definitely uh, not feeling a whole lot uh, of love for the big 12 at this point in time, but I mean, what's different? What, what's new? That's just kind, of, just kind of the world we live in whenever it comes to the big 12, taking a backseat to the big 10 and the SEC as far as media goes, but not here at Heartland college sports. we love to cover the big 12. Uh, and we know just how lucky we are to do that each and every day. Uh, and we love doing it. So Make sure you tune in uh, next time here on the Portal Podcast. I really appreciate you guys uh, coming back every week and and giving us a listen. If you would, just remember, if you like the podcast, just consider subscribing, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and send a screenshot over to my boss, Pete Bundo, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you a koozie out in the mail. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the Portal.